Welcome to the Leisure Business Broadcast. Expert interviews, top marketing tips and digital know-how for tourism businesses. Now, here's your host, David Kilkelly. everyone welcome to the leisure business broadcast so we had the devon tourism awards just recently and that was a really great night out loads of exciting stuff going on there loads of great awards some new businesses that we haven't seen much before and also some uh, some well-established businesses picking up good awards there we were down there with the cameras we did a bunch of interviews go and check on our facebook channels and our twitter channels because we've run out a bunch of small interviews with some of the winners that will show you a little bit about what their business is doing and, uh, and some of the reasons why they won. And those are also being published on the Visit Devon page as well. This month's interview is with Stuart Devlin from Clockwork Marketing, based just down the road from us near Newton Abbott. And we're talking this month about issues surrounding the hospitality industry, but in particular um, user-generated content and how the public now are starting to generate content for businesses and help businesses portray and show the best aspects of, of what they're doing. Um, so there's heaps of good stuff in, in this interview. We also talk about some other issues surrounding hospitality. It's really interesting to catch up with Stuart and talk about some of those things. So let's check out the interview now. This podcast is brought to you by Shout Devon, powerful social video strategy for tourism businesses across the southwest. Check out shoutdevon.biz to find out more. So I'm here today with uh, Stuart from Clockwork, um, and uh, Clockwork are fairly well known around uh, the southwest for their involvement with uh, hospitality and hotels, and. Um, so we're going to have a little bit of a hospitality hotel sort of special today. We're going to talk about a few things surrounding marketing to do with hotels uh, around user-generated media um, and a couple of other things coming up as well about uh, data protection and user experience, possibly if we get time for it as well. So um, hello, Stuart. Hi. Good to see you, Dave. <laughs> Are you well? Well, yes. Slight cold. It's getting to that time of year, feeling a little bit under the weather. But um, no, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Okay, so and do you want do you want to just let's just quickly start off by telling us can you tell us a little bit about Clockwork and a little bit about what you do at Clockwork? Yeah, I mean Clockwork Clockwork Hospitality Marketing. Um, we're an agency of uh, twenty one now, uh, based in Devon, um, and our our primary focus is the hospitality industry and marketing, and that covers the, the sort of full range. So that's from understanding um, your customers, looking at it from a strategic point of view in terms of how we're going to communicate with those customers and understanding the data, and then interpreting that through um, web design and development, through social media campaigns, uh, a big resurgence in um, targeted direct mail campaigns. so uh, yeah, the whole breadth, um, looking at the Google Analytics um, and adding value to, to the hospitality industry. And I think perhaps where we're different to other uh, marketing agencies is, is we work in this world and many of our, uh, the, the people that we employ um, have worked within a hotel, have, have been a general manager, have worked in the finance of a hotel, so, or have worked on a social media or have been events persons in hotels. So they all understand what it's like to work in hotels and their needs. Uh, Claire, the MD, worked at the, the Palace for a number of years, uh, and, and Paul as well. So we're very much from that world, and, and we've kind of grown um, considerably because of our expertise and knowledge. 
Okay, and what's your role then? What do you do there? Well, I've been working there for, for a couple of years. I work as commercial director, but I've always worked within the, the hospitality tourism industry um, from way back when. Um, it's been a sector that I, I enjoy. It's a sector that looks to give joy and pleasure. That's, a, that's a, the, you know, the, the, the kind of underpinning thing about hospitality is getting people to come to your hotel or visit your destination or your holiday park and have a good time. And um, we, uh, I mean, we met a couple of weeks ago to kind of discuss what we were going to talk about. Mm. And um, one of those things that kind of arose was um, around user-generated media, which which I think was kind of interesting from both our point of views, because obviously we work with video and we have a tussle quite often with whether we should be producing content for clients or whether they should be producing their own client uh, content or whether their customers should, can now produce content. Everyone's yeah. got that ability to publish very easily. And so there's opportunities there, aren't there, for businesses? So I, I find it probably one of the most um, fascinating moments in marketing. There's been a few sort of peaks and exciting times with the emergence of social media back in the day. And I think right here, right now, you, you're right. There are, there are those three avenues. Do we, we, we get a video production company or a designer or whatever? Um, do we do it in-house? But actually, the user-generated content model, um, which is, let's be brutally honest, it's still very much in its infancy, um, is exciting because you're getting people, your customers, your clients, your prospects for your, for your, uh, your, your hotel, your holiday park, um, engaged and excited. Um, and I think where we're seeing it now is, is, I've seen it done a couple of times where there've been competitions where you post, um, maybe it be a selfie, maybe it be telling your story about being at a certain event, maybe it be um, some commentary about your, your stay at a hotel, not, not on a review site, but your own, your own, your own story. And that, that content gets collated and it, it might be put on a website, it might be put on a Facebook um, page. Um, the beauty of it is it's, it's very human, it's very real, it's not posed, it's not had models done, it's about the real people and their real experiences. And then for, for, for that content then, that's great for that purpose, but I've seen content then that's been stripped and obviously you need the permission, but those stories, those bits of content be then put into brochures. So it's saving time on somebody writing the copy content. It's actually from real people. It's it's almost a kind of um, a growth in that sort of testimonial approach. You're getting real people to say real things, and it's not just a two-line bit of copy that's on a website saying you had a great stay. It's actually maybe a bit of published video content about their experience there and the dog running around or the children having a good time. What's interesting about it, I think, is that um, it, it serves, it's a little bit, because it, it's new, it serves a certain purpose. It doesn't tick all the boxes for all the different messages and all the ways you need to communicate. But it, as you said, it's got a nice kind of warmth to it and it's very real. And I think um, there's there's a lot of evidence now that millennials and what they call them, well, it's Generation Z now. Yes. It? So. <laughs> um, that, um, that, those, that those up and coming generations are becoming a little bit more numb to traditional advertising messages and they warm much more to um, to those sort of real experiences and to other people's opinions um, but there's a kind of a place where you would use that and there's a place maybe where you wouldn't use it so would you agree that you know you can put some of this kind of content on your site but you might not put it right bang on the home page you know, that... yeah I think that's fair enough I think that's 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 a fair comment um you know, they're not a client. The Pig and Coombe have um, some great user-generated content um, on the front page of their website. 
Okay. Um, you, it's you know they still have the hero image and, and 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 the brilliance that they do, but they have that experience of user generated content across that that strap, which I think is 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 kind of clever. I I think it is a a, 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 a channel you're still going to need um, video being made, be that drone or. Um, be that some beautiful interior shot or some great photography, good copywriting, but I think it's 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 becoming important enough for people to start positioning it front and centre. Because mm. I mean, I, what I would say it was really great for is probably the sort of ongoing conversation that you need to have on social media. So one of the struggles that a lot of businesses have now is that they need to generate quite a lot of content to keep those social media feeds active. Because if you don't produce stuff for those feeds then it can kind of dry up a little bit can't it so you've got to keep that conversation going so having user generated content that you can publish you know that's that's ongoing that's constantly coming to you that's a great asset isn't it in terms of saying you know this is what happened this week when someone went out and had fun at our hotel and this is what happened the next week so there's that ongoing sort of yeah usage of it yeah and i think you know we if you, if you go back a, a, a couple of years we always used to say make sure you update your blog regularly make sure it's indexed on a, you know there's new content going it it's fresh it's new I think that it, it suits that criteria yeah, in okay. terms of um, you don't necessarily have to put in the same um, you know, grunt work to, to, to do that. You're actually using people's real experiences. And I think so it ticks that box massively. And I also think if you do it well, it shows the current landscape. Um, it's not a, a, a thing. So we're moving into autumn and winter. The user-generated content, if you're clever about it, will be about the autumn leaves, about the snowfall. It won't necessarily be that you've done a photo shoot to represent that. You start then looking at the, the human beings that are visiting you and, and, and their experience and what they're seeing. And if, as a marketeer uh, to, the, to the younger people, the millennials, that's what they want to see. They want to see the real experiences. We're all... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to know and, and wise enough to know that you, marketing can't trick you into something that's not actually there. You don't want to say that this is what we are and have this brilliant thing and then you arrive and it's not there. I think user-generated content um, allows everybody to up their game because you're responsible for your, your guests, your visitors, the people around you to, 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 to showcase what you have. Because if we talk about the millennials, yes, they are um, the, the, the up and coming. Do they hold the purse strings necessarily? Are they making, uh, are they you know booking the, the hotel room for the weekend? They're, they're now pushing into that category of actually being um, um, commercially interesting um, for businesses. And so being able to communicate with them, yes, you have to keep going on and on it's not like you kind of old days you produce something and sent it out and that was it it is is very much a sort of treadmill approach now where you you can't sit still but you know that's that's the way of the new world um for us you know i'm, I'm quite glad that we have young people in our agency that, that have the, the effort <laughs> energy desire and yeah. and skill to do that you know well, it's multi-touch marketing it is multi-touch marketing yeah. and and it's and, and i think you know uh, if you think about user-generated content when it first came, it was more about people putting reviews on TripAdvisor and everybody hated it and everybody loved it. And da -da -da -da. Whereas now we're, we're less about um, somebody trying to just make some money on TripAdvisor because they give it a bad review and yeah. we all know that, we can all see it. This is more about people having a good time. Yes, they can put their bad experiences on, but if you, if you look at them and see them and, and they're moaning about their room and the room looks rubbish, well your room looks rubbish mm. if, if they're putting the, the fact that they've just been for a walk around your glorious hotel and these are the autumn leaves and this is how brilliant it looks fantastic yeah 
So, and one of the one of the um, struggles uh, with that, obviously, is the fact that it needs to be uh, moderated. You can't just, particularly if you've got stuff going live onto your site immediately, in order to take that kind of um, that task out of your hands, you need some way of kind of moderating it. And, and one of the things that Clockwork have developed, which I thought was really interesting, is a way to kind of actually do that. So explain a little bit how that works. <laughs> well, okay. Um, it, yeah, it is, it, is, it is a very good system, and it's, it's sort of um, ahead of the curve. Um, if you think about um, Facebook um, and um, people commenting and posting um, um, imagery and experiences on that channel, the same with Twitter, you know, the same with Instagram, and, and referencing your company, it's very difficult to moderate that. That's a very open and shared um, world, which is great. Um, and sometimes you have to respond to negative comments. Our system allows you to pull those three different channels, um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, into a single web page. So then you have the opportunity to say, okay, we've got this great content. Can we pull in the best of, of what people are saying about us? Um, but it's about the, 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 those people that are staying. Yes, you can look at it. So we did a fantastic um, uh, com wedding competition up in Manchester. Uh, we used a specific hashtag across those three channels. If you put that hashtag in, you could win a, a weekend break. Um, but it was those that got accepted onto the web page that were considered the sort of finalists and people could look and vote. But we and, and the client were able to look at all those comments, all those hashtags and go, yeah, that one's of a beautiful bride and um, that one's of the, the groom looking you know, very smart. That one's of the, 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 the wedding cake. If there's one of the, the guys that have just got a bit too drunk and tied themselves to a lamppost, no, we're not going to post that onto, onto, the, onto the website. So that moderation just allows you to filter out um, the, the, the less appealing aspects of perhaps what people are saying on those three channels. And, you know, there are a number of, of, of sort of high-end hotels and, uh, that, that are using this at the moment. And, and for their, their experiences, that, that they're getting more engagement um, when the, the bride's being seen on the front page of the website. Um, then everybody in that crowd is going to have a look at it and it kind of perpetuates from that. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a clever bit of kit. And so... I mean, explain a little bit how it works. So, essentially, you can connect it to a number of different social accounts. Yeah. And people can submit through a hashtag or in other ways? Um, so, yeah, no, there's, 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 there's a number of ways you can do it. So, you can, as I say, you can do it through a hashtag. So, those that are hashtagged, we on the, on the system behind it can have a look at everybody that's commented on that hashtag and then make a decision about which ones are going to be published to the website. You can do it freely without a hashtag if you're not doing a, a specific competition. Um, um, obviously that's still moderated and the other one is we can actually just pick and choose from certain channels and I know that the headland do it very well they just use Instagram at the bottom of their their web page and just the good stuff that's coming through yeah. from user-generated content yeah. it's not a competition it's not doing anything else apart from showing real people having yeah. a, having a good time but on we, we only use Instagram on that occasion so yeah. there's this it, there's there's various usages depending on what the hotel or holiday park is looking to achieve yeah. At the, at the moment, it's basically just free media, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is, you know. And, and I wonder how long it'll be until the public cotton on to that. Well, it's interesting when you, when you, when you think about the legalities of, of, of you know, permission. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's still, for me, a little bit of a grey area. Um, but, you know, most Once something's of, in the public domain, though. Yeah, exactly. Once yeah. something's in the public domain, then, it, then it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of free. And from our experiences... Um, 
we're, we're seeing that people that have actually put that content out and then it is published in that way, they're, they're delighted, they're yes, keen, they're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. shouting about it to their yeah. friends and yeah, look yeah. where we were, look where that, and they're, you know, so mm. I think at this stage it has um, a, a real positive use because it frees up so many other people's time. You're using your customers yeah. um, to, to generate, you know, and, and a lot of them will, will, will look, listen, you know, they've got the technology to take great photos. They'll add a beautiful filter on it. Um, most of them are pretty savvy now about not putting stuff on there that makes them look daft or stupid. Yeah. You know, you only have to look at what Barclays are doing in terms of their education of young people about how to use social media and, and represent yourself. Mm. Um, so now we're, we, it, it, we're finding that we've got more good stuff than we need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> I think there's a lot. There's a lot around that, and we could probably carry on talking uh, for, for a long time about that. Um, I must say, I think. I think. Sorry to interrupt. I think um, that the that the, there is a. It's not just about static pictures. It's not just about selfies. It is about people that have taken video. Mm. So this this can pull in. Um, all the different types of media. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's a, a space where you might have a uh, some three or four images of a, of a, a beautiful sunset, and then the third might be of a video of somebody mm. kayaking. So you get that kind of different um, elements of, of of user generated content, not just still. It's also video. Well, we're just elevating. I don't want to put you out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what we're, what's happening though is that we're elevating the sort of conversational level into media, aren't we? Yeah. So everyone was chatting before in forums or on social media through text. Yeah. And now because the internet's facilitating it and Facebook's facilitating it, and because we've got cameras that you can take a picture and put a filter on it, it looks yeah. amazing. You know, straight away that that that's that we're just kind of learning to use that stuff, and that's becoming part of the conversation, isn't it? So. Yeah, I think so. And I think if you think about um, what we were doing maybe two years ago, three years ago, you would be creating your own content in the agency. So you might be going to some stock photography um, and filtering that, um, but it takes a human being mm. time and effort to do that. Or they might be doing it from scratch, and we might employ a photographer. Yeah. Um, so it does help with regards to uh, you know just cutting down the the, 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 the the human factor from our perspective about yeah, yeah. A, a, an individual having to create this content. Mm. I, I mean, I, I, it's really. I mean, I, do, I, do, I see it as as interesting rather than threatening. I think I think it's really useful for for someone like us to be aware of that and to kind of be considering it because we need to be able to kind of respond to that and factor it into what's happening. Massively and, so. You know, I mean, I would say if you're going to ask me that there is still a space for storytelling and constructing high level content that really kind of shows off what you do you might use it in a different way than you'd use the user generated content massively you so use it at certain places on your website or in campaigns in a different way yeah um, i couldn't you know. i couldn't agree more i think you know let, let's let's be brutally honest you're not going to necessarily get user generated content from somebody that hasn't got a license to fly a drone around your hotel yeah, um you're not going to get the, the that beautiful walkthrough um that you can do with video um and, and showcase it in a really professional high class way um, that's that's still very much front and centre in terms of you know um, the the desirable element of of of, of, of businesses and, and hotels and, and, and showcasing it. But also, I think there's complexities to what you do in in your story and in your um, in your business that won't necessarily be picked up on by 
um, by the public. It's only when you sit down with a business owner and say, now, what is it like? You know, if you look at a five star hotel, what's what goes on behind the scenes that makes that business yeah. tick? What's the level of service that yeah. has been thought about and considered and, and all those kind of things that the public will never even see. So there's, there's ways of kind of using, you know, companies to dig into that and using sort of like people who are familiar with storytelling yeah. to dig I, into I, that. I've seen, you know, there's a few websites without naming names that are using now beautiful video content for their homepage. And you sort of sit there and, and it just drifts past in, in, a, in a few seconds and looks glorious. And you kind of get a sense straight away of the, the place that you're going to, the environment and, and what they have to have to offer within 10, 15 seconds. And that's, you know, as a marketeer, that's what you want is to get their attention, their interest, their desire. Ultimately, obviously, to take an action. But I, I, I think that that will continue to develop and grow. Mm. Okay, great. Um, so I, I think, what, what's, the, what's the takeaway from that then? If we were going to try and summarise all of that up into a single thing, what, what would you say is the sort of the one thing that someone can take away from that? I think um, look at your, your customers, look at your, your guests, look at people that visit you and, and start being clever about how you collate user-generated content um, because it will take a lot of time off your marketing exec, your marketing manager, the people that do the doing their end. Um, and like I said, you know, some of that content, you know, they've seen some great campaigns where people have been asked to submit a competition about their story of the English Riviera. And they, a great campaign. Um, um, and, 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 you know, ultimately that, 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 that content can be transferred into a, a printable brochure again, saving time or copywriting costs and all that. Yeah. So I, I think that the, the takeaway is, is, is start doing it. Yeah, okay. Give it a, give it a whirl. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's only one channel of many, but, sure. I, but I think, I well, think I right think here and now it's probably for us, it's exciting because it's, it's, it's delivering results. It looks good. It's saving us time. It's saving clients time. Mm. And it's engaging with your customers and, and ultimately, you know, they're the people that you want to please. And I suppose as well, it's more common for a business to have somebody in-house that can do mediation and not mediation, but moderation and editing, which yeah. is essentially what that process is about, rather yeah. than the actual creative process yeah. of creating the content yeah. in the first place. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we, we, we do it on occasions where the client will be the moderator. There might be um, operations where they don't have the people in-house and, and, you know, we're sensible enough to do that on their behalf. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, great. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, user experiences on websites, and this, I suppose, um, relates specifically to hotel websites. Although really, the rules are the same for for any kind of business in that sort of uh, in that bracket. But um, and then and then maybe at the end of that, we'll kind of feed into into collecting data on websites and and how the rules have changed on that because mm -hmm. there's some important legal sort of things that have cropped up in the last uh, half a year or so which are important to consider. So what, 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 what would you say makes uh, a great user experience? Well, how do you get people to really enjoy the website that they're on and use it effectively? Okay, well, I think um, using it effectively is brilliant. Usability and, 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 and the term that's branded, banded around now is UX, and it has been for, for a few years. Um, the bottom line about usability is what is the end goal? What is the end goal that you want from somebody to visit your website? And there'll be a number of secondary factors, but for most hoteliers, the end goal is a conversion, is somebody to, to make a booking, is, is to yeah. commit financially and engage in that hotel. 
Um, so that's the, 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 the end goal. So how do you get to that end goal? And are there any other touch points you need to consider when developing a website? You know, is it the spa that you're looking for? Did a little bit. And I mean, if I kind of draw it back to the analogy of, of how supermarkets worked back in the day where, you know, you walk into a supermarket and it's already planned out that we're going to put the vegetables here and the fruit because it smells nice, it looks nice, the flowers are there as you walk in, so the experience you first get is lovely. Mm. If you're there just for the bottle of wine, that will be right at the back of the supermarket and you'll have to go past certain bits and pieces and hopefully you'll... It is very very (laughs) clever. They never put the wine at the beginning. Um, You'd be in and out in five seconds. But there's been, you know, there's been millions spent about how people behave when they go and shop in supermarkets. And I think it's the same with, with, with websites. And as you allude to, it's not just hospitality websites, but... For us, as a hospitality marketing agency, it's critical because our work, the work we do, ultimately has to end up with um, a, a, a visitor booking when they're on that website or downloading a brochure or signing up to the email newsletter. There has to be an action or something. So the usability is about how that website is structured with if I land on your website and I generally just want to either book a room, book a table, that that's there, that's clear. I can just do that, click, click. The old Amazon, eBay, right? I'm two clicks, I've booked, fantastic, no hassle. If I'm still in that browsing mode where I'm just trying to get a feel of it, I've never been to, I don't know anything about it, the usability comes in mind where, where do you kind of tell your story? How do you do that? So. Is it, um, you know, a, a thing about um, the local area that might appeal to somebody? Is it a, a, a thing about the actual rooms and what they look like? Is it about the um, availability or offers? So there are many things um, that, that visitors will want to get from that website. The usability is looking about where people go. Mm. I think with the, the sophistication of Google Analytics, you know, we can look at a page and say, Do you know what? Um, we've sent people down there, but actually once they're there, they haven't made an action. It was a cul-de-sac. They've had to come back or they've had to do something else. So we want to eradicate that. So I think it's become not just about pretty pictures and and great-looking video and good written copy content. Mm. It's about how people navigate that way around and what ultimately that goal is once they're there. Yeah, the structure, basically. The structure, um, and you can do it through... You know, usability is 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 is, is it's it's multifaceted. It, it can be about really well written copy content. It can be about the tone of voice and the humour. It can be about um, something that might be really in your face, a, a pop up special offer. Um, mm. You know, you're looking to put, fill the soul, shoulder seasons seasons. Um, so maybe you, you start doing your price point slightly differently and that becomes a bit more front and centre. Um, it might be that you're looking to, to, to attract local visitors. Um, so it's, 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 it's a little bit more scientific about the paths people take when they're on a website. And presumably as well, you've got to factor in the fact that if you did um, like a social media campaign or something like that, that people might be coming in, not necessarily to the homepage, but to a specific page on your site, which they've then got to be able to navigate away from. Yeah, other things. yeah. I mean, it's it's huge in terms of, um, the, 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 the as you allude to, the social media campaign. So if you do a, a brilliant competition through your Facebook and you're clever enough to use the likes of pixel audiences, so those people that have gone on to that, that, that um, Facebook campaign, they love it, and then they go onto the website, 
you want to know, well, what have those Facebook customers or the people that have been attracted to the website from Facebook, what have they gone on to do? Now, ultimately, if they haven't made a booking or they haven't done a thing, how effective has that social media campaign been in terms of ROI? Has it just been a bit of brand awareness and great, everybody's talking about it, but what was the commercial reality? So I think usability is, is about, yes, get them to that. Thank you for visiting the website. Um, you've now been entered into our competition for as a special offer. Please click here and then they're, they're around the site. So it's it's... It's, it's the science behind being able to look at these channels, bring them into your website, and then understand that the customer behavior when they're on the website. Yeah. And if you do it better, if you do it brilliantly, you will convert more. If you just run a competition and ping them to your homepage of your website with no thank you, and you, 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 you've lost them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's all about, these days, it's all about capturing those audiences, isn't it? And, uh, you know, particularly with things like the Facebook pixel that you mentioned, that if you if you track like the thank you page from an offer or from a mm. booking form or something like that, then you can tell how many people actually converted at that point. So you, you know, you know whether those campaigns and whether that UX experience is is really kind of working because you can, like you say, you can either track through Google Analytics or yeah. through Facebook pixels to find out what's going on. It's it's funny because in this world of of, of of sort of all digital and 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 and, and being able to, to to be quite scientific about how you how you work in, in, in the sort of digital environment. I have to say we we've done some direct mail campaigns, nice little you know beautiful postcards with a specific web URL at the bottom of it. And because data's been cleaned, we don't seem to be getting so much junk mail and you can be a bit more relevant to people. When they get something through that they can hold and feel and touch and is personal to them and it's about a special offer that's just down the road or it's a breakaway to a hotel they've been to before, the conversion rate on that, when you take them to a correct landing page, mm. is, is at the moment outperforming the social media yeah. and the digital side only because it actually feels to, to a lot of people quite new yeah it's almost <laughs> like getting a letter yeah, a yeah handwritten yeah, letter yeah. you know this? Yeah. what's this this is fantastic um I, so, but we spoke about that before and i think one of the things that we identified that was interesting was that that you're you, you're tending to do that for probably the higher end hotels who have maybe slightly an older demographic and there's maybe there a difference between you know your audiences. You need to think about whether somewhere's young and funky and yeah. it's uh, you know attracting twenty somethings, yeah. or something that somewhere that someone's going to be over their fifties or sixties to go to. Yeah, and I think you know all hoteliers, all the they will have a, a a record of their customers' property management systems. If you can look at that data and say, okay, well. Um, let's just clean that. We'll, we'll remove the house movers, the gone-aways, um, you know, the deceased. Um, okay, let's have a look at those people that uh, are regional to us, that are aged between X and Y, and have a certain, you know, appetite for this, that, and the other. Once you've stripped that out and been a, a little bit more um, targeted with that, sending them. Um, a, a piece of information which is more relevant to an older generation, which resonates more with an older generation, mm. just seems common sense to me as a marketeer. Mm. Mm. Um, if you do a, if you were to say, right, well, let's send all the, the millennials the same thing, I doubt if you'd have the same kind of response. So it's, again, using mm. different um, channels to, yeah. to, to the appropriate audience. But it's all underpinned by, you know, the, the understanding your customer's behaviour, but also then... How can you carry on talking to those those customers? And I suppose as well that kind of feeds into what we were going to talk about, um, which I mentioned at the beginning, which is the um, that use of that data 
Um, and what you're kind of alluding to slightly there is the, is segmenting data as well. And you've mentioned a couple of times about cleaning data. Yeah. And there are a number of new rules that have come in about that now, haven't they? And, and we can't just... Actually, it's not even good practice, I don't think, to just have a massive generic email no. list. You know, you need to now be able to understand that that can carve up into lots of different for lots of different uses with lots of different audiences within mm. that email list and if you're really good with your marketing you should be focusing different messages to different demographics within yeah. that list as well but what, what are the rules there that are now starting to come in about how you collect that data and what you do with it well if, we, if we've got 17 hours I'll, I'll run through the whole <laughs> the whole general data protection act um you're right i think we, we, we we've gone from um just mass emailing or mass mail outs um to segmenting data to understanding profiles and um, the, the law is, is, has changed, but it, it's, it's, it's the new General Data Protection Act. Um, I think May 2018 is when they will really kind of start looking at it and, and enforcing it. So there's time for, for, for businesses to get their, 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 their data in order. Um, there are many facets to it. There are those that are going to be, what do you do with your existing data? And how can you make sure that that complies? Um, and that may be a case of, of having to re-send um, uh, out some information to ask if you can carry on talking to them. Um, so there's going to be some areas about your current data that you, you, you're going to need to address. And then there's going to be some principles in place about how you acquire data moving forward. Be that a tick box that suggests this. It can't be hidden anymore. It can't be something that you untick that you didn't realise was there in the first place. You as a participant have to say, yes, I want to do that. Yes, I want to do that. There are a lot more other issues around the sort of data and, and being forgotten or the, 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 the privilege to be forgotten. And, you know, everybody would now will be able to say, look, you know, not just unsubscribe, but um, I visited your website. I don't want to be tracked anymore. There's lots and lots of sort of legal implications. I think ourselves as a, as a you know an agency born out of direct mail and, and members of the direct marketing association have had to sort of look at this really closely early on um it's a, it's a fairly big step isn't it it's it's a little bit like when google moved away from backlinks for seo yeah. and, and it's one of those fairly major developments and i think ultimately it's good for particularly the user that you know we're not going to have all these spammy emails anymore or less of them hopefully yeah i couldn't um, agree more i think you know we all get frustrated when we're communicated by somebody or something and we have no desire or it's out of the blue and how do they know who i am and what have you so why well, hate is every time you buy anything yeah it's like exactly. Carl Blanche to just like hammer you with emails i know so, i bought know. a suit the other day and he said do you want a receipt or do you want me to send it via email and i said oh you know send it via email i don't want a bit of paper mm. now um that email address has gone to that particular uh, particular company. Now, I don't really know what they do then with that data. Is that mm. shared with a third party? I didn't sign anything mm. necessarily. Yeah. So um, I think as we're moving forward with technology, I think it's, 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 it's going to be only for the good. I think there's going to be a little bit of... Inevitably, there's going to be some first. There's going to be, you know, people in organisations that are going to be needed to be responsible for looking after their data. They're, you're going to have to assign somebody or a company to do something with with the data that you hold. Um, my gut feeling, the same with when um, the cookie legislation came in um, for, for, for web tracking, and you had to put a, a pop up notice on your website. They started looking at the behaviour of the big players and, and then it seeps down. I think it will do the same then, but I think, um, you know, if you've got 20,000 records or 100,000 records of customers, that's going to need a little close looking at uh, yeah. moving forward. Yeah. 
Okay, great. So um, we've covered loads of stuff there. I think we've kind of come come to the end of uh, the the time that we that we've got <laughs> together. <laughs> no, no. Well, no. It's, it's um, lovely to chat. So I think let's just try and kind of summarise it really quickly into the sort of two or three things that we well the three things I think that we talked about. Um, firstly, we spoke a little bit about uh, user-generated media. Now, obviously, uh, you've, you at Clockwork have got a really good solution for that, um, and you're helping people to kind of manage that now. Um, if they want to manage it by themselves, obviously that's a task, but the idea there is really to just kind of look at look at what you've got, yeah. maybe just, I think, probably ask people, because a lot yeah. of people aren't, don't even think to ask their customers yeah. or their clients. They don't put it on their website. They don't think about you know, asking them to, to submit that kind of content. Um, so that's a good starting point for that. Um, in terms of the user experience um, on sort of particularly hospitality websites, what do you think is the sort of the, the takeaway there? What can people do today or tomorrow? I think um, for us that are specialists in, in, in sort of uh, hospitality websites, we understand that um, it's not about pretty pictures. It's not just about putting how good you look and this is our room rate. It's the, it's the understanding of how people wander around your website. And we all have the tools now. Um, we just would always start at that point because ultimately, if somebody's paying us, um, you know, not an insignificant amount of money to build a beautiful website, that website has to um, convert. It has to, it has to earn that business money. It's probably the main thing. So, so really, the only the only real solution, the only really effective solution there is to is to really get to grips with your Google Analytics or get somebody who is without, so you can yeah. check and see what's happening there on that yeah. side. Google Analytics tells you a lot, but if you can filter it down, if you if, you know, we end up setting and I don't know a lot of other businesses do this, but we'll set up specific funnels and goals so we can monitor. Did that Facebook campaign work? How many people have downloaded the brochure? That's a goal. How many people have signed up to our e-newsletter? How many people have gone onto our sister website? How yeah. many people have actually gone on to make a booking? You know, those all have to be commercial realities. Now, if you can improve that um, experience through through great video, through nudging them through to this page, through a little incentive here mm. um, to you know make them convert, then um, for me, it's 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 a very common sense approach. And we all have the, the, the technology and the tools to do that. Okay, great. And then finally, um, just to, to, to go back quickly to the data protection stuff that we were talking about, what, what can people do there? Is that really just about being aware of it? or is there something I think the Direct work? Marketing Association is, is, is a good website in terms of um, giving you current data and, 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 and information. Then there are some documentations out there already that, that will go into, into quite heavy detail. Um, talk to us. Um, you know, we're, we're experienced in that world. We're, we're, we can give you a bit of friendly advice or point you in the right direction. Or, um, But yeah, just make sure that it's on your radar. May, you know, 18 isn't a million miles away. And, and these things in our busy world take a little bit of time. So it's, it's time to sort of just go, right, well, we've got this. Let's start addressing it whilst we're very busy doing lots of other brilliant things. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. You're uh, sharing your, some of your expertise. Um, so all that remains for me to say is thank you very much, Stuart Dippin. David, thank you very much for your time. Really enjoyed it. The Leisure Business Broadcast is brought to you by Shout Devon. Subscribe at shoutdevon.biz forward slash podcast and stay up to date with the latest tourism marketing developments.